0: Which one you want? Okay, well, let's see. You ready? Yeah. All right. You know, when, we was, when I was a little girl, we would take these trips. I mean, little girl. Um, and Daddy would put us all in the car. Mom and Daddy would put us in the car, and we would go from New Orleans to Mississippi. And um, it was three girls. And I don't know if you ever did these kind of trips, but after we were going, maybe an hour, th- maybe 30 minutes probably, the very next thing we would say, is what are we there yet yet? because you wanted it to be done and but we still had another two hours to go you know we weren't done we wanted to be finished with it before we were done but the night before we were so excited we couldn't hardly sleep because we were getting to go see grandma because we didn't get to do that very often when we were getting to go see all of our cousins we were getting to go see all of our family that we hadn't seen for a while the night before we were so excited because we were getting to do something we didn't get to normally do but the next day it was like oh we're still not there yet and it was fighting and it was fussing and it was everything else in the car how many of y'all ever yeah okay and then you know there were other situations i remember this is a, a, in my household, this is a well-known story. Keith still laughs about it with us, and he makes my mom and dad tell it, especially my dad now, since my mom's gone, they would tell it all the time. and say, tell me that story again about the spaghetti. And well, we didn't grow up very wealthy, but I had to cook. And so one night, I cooked, and my mom came in from work, and my dad came in from work, and we had cooked spaghetti. And if we were so young, you know how when you fix spaghetti, and you put the spaghetti on the plate, you have to put a lot of sauce on it to cover the spaghetti that you got, because you didn't realize how much sauce it was going to take to cover the spaghetti that you got. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because it takes a lot of sauce to cover it. Well, we were young, and we didn't know that. And we put a lot of spaghetti, me and my little sister, on our plates. And so we had to cover it with a lot of sauce. So by the time it was done, we had a big plate full of spaghetti. Well, what happened was, we probably weren't very old, probably, well, I wasn't dating Keith yet, so I had to be younger than 13. So um, um, we filled our plates with spaghetti, and we used all the sauce that I had cooked you know, and so we sat there and we ate a couple of bites of it and we were done. We were getting up from the table and we hadn't eaten all the spaghetti. And my daddy looked at us and he said, no, ma'am, you put that on that plate, you're eating every bite of it. And you're not getting up from this table till you do. And from now on, you'll realize that when you start something, you finish what you started. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And I thought, oh, No. And he made us sit there till we ate every bite of that spaghetti. And the next time before we put a big plate of spaghetti on our plate, we watched what we were doing before we did it. And when we committed to something, we finished it. Amen. You know? And my mom got us and got me and Girl Scouts and my little sister and brownies. And it was nothing doing but... How many of you know anything about Girl Scouts? I had to get every badge that there was. It wasn't no one or two on the front of your thing. They had to go all the way around the front, all the way up the back. And it didn't matter what it took. It was what I had to do. I had to complete it or I was not doing good enough. You had to come finish what you start. All my growing up. It was ingrained in me. Finish what you start. Then we get to Ramah And I see people that are called to the ministry. I see people that are called to do the things of God. I see people that God said, come, go to Bible school, go into the ministry. And they're not there two weeks and they don't have what they want to eat or they have to park in a funny place and their heels on their shoes get scratched and they quit the ministry. And I think, wait a minute, something's funny here. Because in my mind's eye, there's a greater commitment. To, should be a greater commitment to God than there is to a plate of spaghetti. Do you understand what I'm saying? There should be a greater commitment to a call of God on your life than there should be to a Girl Scout badge. Do you understand? And I began to see in, in life in general that there were so many things that people would just start and they would stop. They would start this and they would stop that. And they would start a job, they would stop a job. They would say they were going to do this and then they would stop. They would say they were going to do this and they would stop. And people think Keith and I are so weird sometimes because they'll ask us about starting a new this at the church or going and doing this or taking this on, or doing this. And we'll just look at them and we'll say, "Mm, no, God didn't tell us to do that. No, we hadn't heard from God about doing that. He didn't tell us to do that. But why is that strange to people? Because a lot of people are used to starting things, trying them out, And if they don't work, dropping them. We'll start this. We'll try it out. And if it don't work, well, we can always stop it. But that's not the way God works. God doesn't say do this, and if it don't work, we'll change it. Is there anywhere in the Bible that you see him saying, okay, try this out? I know some of the new modern translations say, try this out, you know? But but God never say he never said try out faith. No, he didn't. No. No. Try out tithing. No. No. Try out healing.
1: No.
0: Right. He did not Did did he ever say try out not lying? Try out not committing adultery. No. Try out um, sowing and reaping. No. No. Try out not hitting your neighbor. No. Try out walking in love. No. No. What does he tell us to do with everything? He says, do it. It's like the Nike commercial, just do it, just do it. And that's the way that he is. That's who he is. And that's a lot of the problem with people in faith today. Faith is not a casual thing that you can take it or leave it. Listen to this verse. Ephesians 6. And you're going to say, what does that have to do with this? But you'll catch on real quickly. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What does that have to do with faith? Everything under the sun. Because what is the number one reason people get out of faith? You're believing for something. Something's going on in your life. Something's happening in your life and somebody comes along that you talk to or somebody comes along that offends you or somebody comes along and something happens and you no longer are believing what you were believing. Somebody comes along and says, that Bible's not true. That verse is not true. Or they send somebody across your path and say, you've got to have this money by tomorrow. Or they send somebody along and they say, uh, let's see how we can put this. You're a lying, cheating scum and you're no good and you're going to quit your job and you're going to lose your money. So then where's your faith? What the devil does is he uses people and occasions and situations to get you out of faith. He doesn't just use um, you. If you just had you, if all Diane had to do was stay in her little cocoon and say, I am in faith for $5,000. And she just sat in this chair and no one ever talked to her. And she just believed God that she was in faith for $5,000. And she just read her Bible and she stayed in faith. And a bill collector never called. And no one ever brought her another bill. And no one ever told her that faith stuff doesn't work. And her pipes didn't break on her house the same time she was believing for that $5,000. And nothing else came against her when she was believing for that $5,000. She was just in this special cocoon where she's believing for this $5,000. Would it be easier for her to believe for that $5,000? <clears throat> with nothing else coming against her, she didn't have to go to the doctor. She didn't have to give her family any money. She didn't have to give anybody else anything. Would it be easier to believe for that $5,000? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But what happens is people are dealing with things in this world. You're dealing with everybody around you every single day. You have to get up. You have to go to work. You have to hear the negative things on the news about what's going down in our economy. You have to deal with that in your mind while you're believing for these faith things. You have to deal with the fact that your child come home from school today when you're believing for the electric bill and they came home and said, I have to have $200 for this. Or you're believing for the light bill and the water bill and your husband comes home and says, I just lost my job. Or you're believing for your light bill and your electric bill and your husband lost his job and your car broke down.
1: Come on.
0: Come on. And all these things are happening and that's when you have to choose and decide... Am I in faith, or am I wrestling against this person that's next to me? This person that fired me—that's when you have to decide: Am I going to take offense at that boss that fired him? No. No. Uh, no. Am I going to be mad at the person that didn't give me the money that they owed me? That's some of the things that you really have to start watching out for. You have to watch for things that came about before and because your mind will start thinking about, well, you know what? If they would give me that money that they owed me, then I could pay this bill. And it starts being a flesh issue. It starts being a, if they wouldn't have taken that from me, or if they would pay me what I'm really worth. Or if they would pay me for all the hours that I've worked. Or if I could just get all the money that, I'm, that they should value me at or if I could get all my overtime, or if I could get uh, all this money that this insurance company owes me. They cheated me out of this money. And it becomes a decision that you have to make a flesh decision to whether you're going to think about all these negative things that these people owe you, these bills that these people owe you, what your family owes you, this inheritance you didn't get. Or you're going to do the thing that you should do and be in faith. This is where problems come in. This is where you have to decide if you're in faith or you're in defeat. And you're about to find out why. Look at what faith means. It means complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Complete faith or confidence, or no, complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Now, I want to read you this verse right here. And this is all going to come together for you. Hebrews 10, 23 says this. Let us hold fast the profession or, in a lot of translations, it says, confession of our faith. "...without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Let us hold fast to our confession of faith without wavering, because He is faithful that promised." Now listen to what wavering is. And it's going to begin to click in you what I'm talking about. Wavering is being undecided between two opinions or courses of action. Being undecided between two opinions are courses of action. Now, all right, two people, come up here. Y'all like skits, don't you? Come up here, two people, real quickly. Come on, Mr. Gary, come on up here. Tom, come on up here. All right, Mr. Gary's going to play God tonight, and Mr. Tom's going to play the other decision. Move up over here just for a minute. All right, and I'm going to be the one trying to make the decision. Okay? Tom owes me some money. Okay? I am believing for a new car. And Tom owes me some money. Or I'm believing to pay off a bill. And Tom owes me some money. God said all I had to do was look to him and claim what I needed and stand in faith and I could receive anything I could believe for. And so I'm standing in faith and I'm looking to God. And I'm looking to God for my needs to be met. Half a day. I'm looking to God. I'm looking to God. I'm looking to God. And I get in my car and it's rattling and it's making noises and I have a flat tire and it doesn't start. And I get mad and I get upset about noon because I realize it's going to be soon time to go home and I have to get back in that car. So I start grumbling. Do you know what? If they would just pay me what they owed me, I could get that stuff on that car fixed. And at least it would last me until (laughs) until I could get another car. If he'd just pay me what he owed me. It's his fault all along. He shouldn't have hit me anyway. And I'd grumble about my situation the whole rest of the afternoon. But in the morning, I was saying, thank you, Lord, for my new car. Thank you, Lord, for my new car. Thank you, Lord, for my new car. But all afternoon, I grumbled about, i got to go get in that old trappy car of mine that won't have start. It's got ball tires on it, and if they would just do what they were supposed to do, and they would do... Huh? I'm the only one that's ever done anything like that, right? Same thing. You could put this with any situation that you've got. You're trying to lose weight in the morning. Thank you, Lord, that I'm in control of my body. Thank you, Lord, that I'm in control of my body. Then you go eat everything you want that afternoon. <laughs> huh? Or thank you, Lord, I have the world's best husband. Thank you, Lord. If he don't quit saying that, I'm going to just scream. I'm going to just, just drive me crazy. Same thing with your boss. Same thing with anything that you're believing for. You cannot waver back and forth. Back and forth. You can't do it. You have to make a decision. Which one am I going to do? Am I going to stand here and look at God and believe what he told me about the situation? Am I going to say, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed and stay hooked up next to it all day long? And that turn, if I turn around and start thinking this other, then what am I doing? I'm wavering. I'm thinking about what the devil's saying. I'm getting away from God, and I'm thinking about what he's saying. I've got to turn back around and start thinking about what God's saying again. Sure, you can think it for 30 seconds, but you've got to grab that mind and turn it back around here and start thinking about what God said. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. And your belly's going to go, and and it's going to try to pull you back over here. And what do you got to do? By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. And get it back on something and open that mouth. But you'll never win. You'll never win a faith battle. If 30 minutes you look at God and the other half a day, you're looking at the problem. Thank you, guys. Y'all can sit down. Didn't they do a great job of acting for you? You know, I was thinking about this message. And I was thinking about Job's situation. And do you know? They talked a lot, 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 40 chapters worth of a lot about God, but never to God. They talked about a lot of God, but they never, never, never stopped and talked to God, all of his friends. You're going to waver all day long if all you're doing is talking to all your friends about what you should do. You can't be going from this person to every... If you go to every person on this road, what do you think? Should I go to the doctor or should I not? Sure. sure. Should I go to the doctor or should uh, I not? No. no. Should I go to the doctor or should I not? No. Should yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Should I go to the doctor or should I not? Stand in faith. Doctor or not? No way. No way. Every person's going to give you a different answer. And then you're going to have to do a tally sheet. How many said yes? How many said no? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: any meeny, miny, mo! Flip a coin. You're still not going to know any more when you're done doing that than you did before you started. Because all you're going to have is somebody else's opinion besides yours. And nobody else's opinion matters but God's. And in order to stand in faith, you have to have one person's opinion. And that's his. You have to hear from him in order not to waver. You have to know what he thinks on the situation. In order for us to start a new plan or in order for us to start a new team or in order for us to start a new project, we don't just start something. we got to hear from God. Or elsewise, it's just us starting something that can go down the tube. You know what it means when you quit something? You know, in the devil's eyes, he doesn't care if you quit or he defeats you. To him, the outcome is exactly the same thing. You lose. So it doesn't matter to him if you just quit or he totally defeats you and you die. You lose. So what you have to do is you have to find out for yourself. You can't get somebody else's opinion about what faith is. You have to talk to God for yourself. You have to fellowship with him for yourself. That was the biggest problem Job had. Job's biggest problem was he was listening to people and instead of listening to God. If he'd have shut everybody else off of him, he'd have said, Okay, God, it's just me and you. What do I need to do? Amen. It's a good word. Come on. When you do that and you get with him, you're going to hear from him. When your heart opens up to him and you hear from him, then you're not so quick to waver. Right. Amen. You ever truly heard from God? Yes. You ever know that you know that you know that you heard from God? How immovable are you? Huh? You're unmovable, aren't you? But what happens when you don't hear from God? You're going like this and you're going like this, just like the waves. That's why nothing's happening in your life. That's why the money's not coming. That's why it hasn't happened for me when it doesn't happen. It's because we're just throwing it out there hoping maybe it'll happen this time. Maybe this bill will get paid. Maybe this healing will come. Maybe this job will come. Maybe. Did you hear from God about that job? Did you hear from God about that house? Did you hear from God about that promotion? Did you hear from God about moving there? Or did you just wake up one morning after you had some bad pizza? Huh? Huh? Because you're going to waver all over the United States in every direction and fall 10 million times until you hear from God. Because that's the only way you're truly going to be able to stand. That's the only way you can be in faith is when you hear from Him. That's the only way you cannot waver is when you hear from Him. And the only way you can hear from him is what? Talk to him. Spend time with him. More time than you do the TV. Huh? And maybe so many lives wouldn't be going down the drain. If people would spend a quarter of the time finding out what God wanted them to do, than they do watching TV or going to this program or going to that program or going to this event or going to that, and they would just shut up in a room or in a closet. I remember. I, he's watching, I'm sure. I remember Keith needed to hear from God about something. And I forget what it was about, but it was the funniest thing. We lived in this little bitty, bitty, tiny place. So the closet wasn't even a little bitty, teeny here And he wanted to hear from God. And he said, don't come get me. Don't say a word to me till I come out. I don't care if it's a day, a week, a month, a year. Leave me alone till I hear from God. The closet, I'm telling you, wasn't big as one of them chairs hardly. But I mean, he meant he was going to hear from God. It didn't mean he needed to hear from me. It didn't mean he needed to hear from the Hagens. It didn't mean he needed to hear from from Brother Copeland. It meant he needed to hear from God. And that's the problem. So many times, that's why you waver and do you do this? You waver and do you do that? Do you waver and do you go to hear from this person? You waver and do you go to this ministry? You waver and do you go to this church? You waver and do you go to this job? And that's why people are not doing what they're doing. They have lost commitment to anything because they have no faith. I know we just yesterday or this week, we were doing this deal. And I was talking to the people about the deal. And it was a contract. And I said, put Keith R. Phyllis Moore. And they said, you don't want to do that. I said, and why is that? Because I knew what they were going to say. Do you know? It was a lady lawyer. And I said, do you know? She said, do you know that he can just go and take that without you even knowing it? I said, oh,
1: oh,
0: you're kidding. She said, if you don't put and, then he he doesn't even have to ask for your signature. He can just take it. I said, honey, do you not know he could already take everything I've got if he wants it? We've been together since we've been 13 years old. And if I ain't committed to him by now, then I ain't committed. It's going to take more than whatever this contract is buying for me to be committed to him. Do you understand that? And that's what people are scared of. They are scared of total commitment to anything. You have got to commit. When you find out this is what God said do, it doesn't matter if God said go to China. It doesn't matter if God said, come to Faith Life Church, Sarasota. Amen. It doesn't matter if God said, go work in the oil fields in Alaska. If He said, do it, then we got to be smart enough to know that He is smarter than we are. Amen. And you do it with every five of your, of your being with total commitment in your body with not one fingernail hanging out behind you. You give it everything you've got. You say, but I might get hurt. You're going to get hurt. They might take advantage of me. They're going to take advantage of you. But they are not the ones that you have to answer to. They are not the ones that you are responsible to. You are responsible to your Father God. You are responsible to the one that gives you your next breath. You're responsible to the one that tells you what you're supposed to be doing. And whether you're going to be healthy or whether you're going to be sick, whether your kids are going to be alive, whether your kids are going to be dead, whether it's going to go well for you or whether it's going to go bad for you. And if you commit to doing what he tells you to do, then it's going to go good for you. But that doesn't mean that he's going to pull every person in the world out of your way. And you're never going to have to deal with another person in your whole life. That he's just going to say, every person you have to deal with is going to be dripping with sugar and spice the whole rest of your life. I'm going to clear the path for you, and you're going to walk the yellow brick road the whole way, the whole... Find me that scripture. I'm going to stand on it. Because it doesn't say that in the Bible. He says he will bless you, but he will bless you in spite of all the other circumstances that are going on around you. He didn't say they didn't have to go into the lion's den. He didn't say they didn't have to go into fiery pits, but what he did say is he would deliver you from those things and he would bring you out without having the fire smell on you or being bit by the lion. But he didn't tell you you didn't have to go there. Sometimes we have to go in amongst things we don't like. But it doesn't mean that we don't waver. We stand firm because we know we have heard from God. We know it's what he told us to do. We commit with every fiber of our being. We don't turn around. We don't look back. We don't say, you know what? It's like Canaan's land. It was better back here. No, we give it everything we've got up here. Well, they're going to hurt you. Well, here I am. Shoot me. But shoot me good. Shoot me to kill me because when I come out, I'm gonna love you more, and it's the biggest weapon I got. So you're going down, and you can, because that's what you have. Doesn't matter how bad they hurt you, because love never fails, and that may be the very reason that you went there with your faith and your beautiful self. But you cannot be defeated if you stand in faith and you've heard from God. But you can't even get in faith if you ain't heard from God. And that's what happens with so many people. They're trying to say, I'm in faith, I'm in faith, I'm in faith. And you can say words and you can say stuff all the time. But until you hear from God about that thing, about what he told you, you're not in faith. Just saying, I'm believing for a new car. What's behind that? What do you have to stand on? What are you standing on? Do you know my father, God, my father in the faith, Brother Hagan? <coughs> to me he was one of the greatest faith men that ever lived because I was able to get close enough to him to see his faith work. There's a lot of people that claim to be faith people, but I never saw their faith work very good. You know what I'm talking about? Well, one of his kids got sick one time, and he had been healed his own self. He could quote three fourths of the New Testament just by rote. I mean, he could start quoting it. How many have ever heard him? He'd just say it, and he'd just start quoting it, just one scripture after the other, scripture after. And healing scriptures were even magnified. He could quote them in his sleep. But his daughter got sick. And Miss Aretha contacted him. He said, well, give me a little bit. He didn't just say, put her on the phone. Let me pray over her and she'll be okay. He didn't just say, call her well. Huh? Huh? He didn't just say, ah, oh, she'll be okay. That faith stuff, you know how it works. By his stripes we were healed. She's healed. He said, give me some time. Let me pray about it. What he did was he got his Bible out and he got his healing scriptures out and he read them and he read them and he read them and he built up his faith. And then he called and he got his daughter on the phone and he spoke to it and he called her healed and then she was healed but what do we do today we're in too big a hurry to just spout off stuff and say we're in faith say I'm a faith person and it's going to happen what are you standing on not just the word what word no what scripture you can't just take this bible and say i'm standing on the bible you got to have specific word or specific scripture from god or god telling you his own self exactly what you're standing on you can't just be general about it it's like what he would say about this people would say they're in the altar praying and he'd say, what you praying about? He'd say, I don't know, I'm just praying. And he'd say, well, what you going to get? And they'd say, well, uh, I, somebody help me with a the, how, how do you say you can, Nothing, nothing in, particular. in particular. Yeah, what you praying about? And they'd say, nothing in particular. And he'd say, well, that's what you're going to get, nothing in particular. And that's just exactly how it is about faith. If you're not standing on any scripture in particular, that's what you're going to get. Nothing in particular. It works exactly the same way. You can dream that you're in faith about something, but until you get your nose in this book and with that God, you're not going to be getting anything. You've got to take the time and say, I'm believing for my healing, okay? I'm going to get these healing scriptures out. I'm going to read these healing scriptures. Father God, what do I need to do? And, he, and get quiet and shut this z- 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 Long enough to hear him answer you. And then when he tells you what you need to do, don't rebel. Don't think you know more than he does. Don't think you're smarter than he is. Don't think it don't matter, don't think it's too tiny or it's too big. Whatever he says, do it. Do it. That is what will cause you not to be defeated in faith. That is what will cause you not to waver. When the storms come, when the storms come, the only thing that makes you stand is the foundation that you're on. And if you're on nothing in particular, then the waves are going to come and you're going to be washed out from under. Your profession of faith is the words that are coming out of your mouth. What words are coming out of your mouth? Okay, if I did a poll right now and I took a microphone, you want to do a test? Yeah. Okay, we'll do a test. I took a microphone. What you believing for? A car. What scripture are you standing on? 2 Corinthians 9. 8. What you believing for? A, a mortgage-free house. What scripture are you standing on? I, anything I can believe for, yeah. I can have. All right, <laughs> there you go. You got to, I mean, you got to have it. What, what you believing for? See? House. house. What's scripture scripture? Mark 10. All right. I gave up a house. I'm getting it. All right. There you go. Same thing. You've got to have something to stand on. Do you understand? You've got to have it. And you, it needs in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Just let every, every, word every word be established. Get you some Bible. Get you something to stand on. Get something firm that you can do. Get something that you can be strong in. So when that devil comes and says, this stuff don't work, this stuff ain't working for you. Yes, it is. Why? Because I'm standing on Psalm 107, verse 20. And what else are you standing on? The word of God. What word? What happened to Jesus when he was in the wilderness? what was it written? He didn't just say it was written. What did he do? He quoted, scripture. He quoted scripture to him. That's right. So then when he came to him, he couldn't just knock him over. The devil is good at knocking people over. He's good at stealing everything that belongs to you. He will defeat you. He will take everything that belongs to you, but you can stand in faith. And you don't have to know the whole Bible to stand in faith. You have to know for what you're standing for. You have to get this Bible out. You have to get talking to God. You, don't talk to me. I don't know what you're believing for. I don't know what God's going to tell you you've got to change in your life. I don't have a video camera in your house. I don't know what you're doing all day long. God may say you need to get up and clean your house. He may say you need to quit gossiping on the telephone so much. I, mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to tell you. He may tell you you need to be nicer to your mama. I don't know. Now, he could tell me. But he's sweeter than that. unless it's going to really, really affect your life in some way. He's not going to come over here and tell me Carrie's personal business. He'd rather Carrie take care of it for herself and talk to her at home just by herself. She's believing for things to get better for her finances. Okay, God. Okay, Carrie, do this. That? Yeah, Carrie, this. That? Yeah, carry this. That? Okay, God. And most of the time, the two, you can't see how they'll connect for everything that your brain can think. You'll try to connect the dots, and they don't connect. You'll try to figure it out up here, and it don't work. But all you have to do, this is where the faith comes in, doing what he says do. Do you think those disciples thought if they wouldn't fill those water pots with water that they were going to turn that water into wine? (laughs) But that's where the faith came in. It came in by doing exactly what he said do. That's what happens in our lives. The minute that we begin to stand in faith for something, to keep ourselves from getting defeated, if he says, go do this, go call your mama and tell her you love her. You hadn't been nice to her. You've ignored her for the last three days. Or go pay that bill that's overdue. Or go pay that thing that you said you didn't know and they said you did. You didn't know it. That's okay. I know that. But go pay it anyway. It'll be a witness for me. Later on, they'll listen to you. You'll get them saved. You think, what in the world does that have to do with my healing? Everything. Everything because that root of bitterness that you had in you was eating you up and on the inside. <laughs> Listen to what he tells you to do. He's smarter than you are. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But you have to figure it out. If you begin wavering back and forth, you should know something. The minute that you begin wavering, what's happening? you ain't spending time in this and you ain't spending time with Him. Because if you're firm on your foundation, it doesn't matter what the devil throws at you. Because you know your own self, how stubborn you are. Huh? When you believe something and when you're sure of something, what do you do? You don't change. You don't change. It's when you're not sure of something that you're wishy-washy. But the minute that you get sure of something, you become immovable. So you got to stay there till you get sure of it. And the minute that you get sure of it, you're not going to be going back and forth. Like the waves of the sea. Let's listen to these verses right here. It says, Amplified, James 1. Verse 6, "...only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitation, no doubting. For the one who wavers or hesitates or doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord." For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks and feels and decides. The Message Bible says this in verse 8, and I liked it. Read that last part. Keeping all your options open. Is that faith? No, no, no. That's what we were talking about, total commitment. You've got to commit. you got to say, I'm giving it my all. I am giving it everything I've got. There's no looking back. I am committing to this with every fiber of my being. Amen. If God says do it, I'm doing it. I don't care if I like them. It's not about me and them. It's about me and God. I don't care if I can't work with them. God to make a way. I don't care if they stink. I don't care if they eat my lunch every single day. God said, do it. I'm going to do it. I don't care if it's Alaska and I hate cold. Huh? I don't care if it's Florida and I hate humidity. Do you hear me? It doesn't matter. You've got to cut your past options off. And you've got to commit to it with everything that you've got, every fiber of your being. I don't care if you think it's a temporary job. I don't care if you think it's marriage. I don't care if you think it's uh, ministry. I don't care if you think it's a temporary job operating a camera on a team. You give it everything that you've got, leaving no options behind. You give it 100% commitment, not double-mindedness. God expects, expects us to give it all that we have, not wavering between two opinions. Well, can I do this or can't I do this? Can I do this or can't I do this? He wants our all when we stand in faith, if he tells us to do something, right? Okay, look at this next verse. James in the Living Bible. This one may sting a little, okay? But I didn't write it. It's in the Bible, okay? <laughs> it says, but be sh- but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in what? It's not up there yet. The living Bible. They're taking a nap up there, I think. Oh, sorry. James six. Same one we're on. James 1.6. Here we go. Living Bible. There we go. But when you ask him, No. New living. Try the new living. We'll get there. There we go. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is where? In God alone. alone. Not in your boss, not in your neighbor, not in your friend. Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is uh, as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. For such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Now, this is the next part that I want you to get. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they're unstable in everything they do. And that's what we were talking about earlier when we had Tom and Mr. Gary stand up here. You're trying to decide all day long whether you're going to look to God or whether you're going to go back with the world's ways. You're trying to decide if you're going to make them pay you or you're going to look at God's ways. You're trying to decide if you're going to do it His way or the world's way. And you can't waver all day long between those two opinions and get anything from God. You have to once and for all settle in your heart. It's going to be God's way. I'm going to hear from God and I'm going to do it His way. Does that make sense? So that... I had listed here as who's to blame if I'm not in faith? Me. Nobody else. Not my neighbor, not my friends. Me. Because I couldn't stand. Because I didn't have enough word. I didn't have enough foundation. Me. I'm the only one that can be to blame if I'm not in faith. Right? Well, then who's the answer? God is the answer. Look at these scriptures with me. Ephesians 6.10. This is going to help you. Are you ready? All right. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, read it with me. Of your mind, you can stand all day by yourself, right? We don't have to, guys. We don't have to stand by ourselves. We don't have to keep ourselves holding up. He will hold us up. We can stand in the power of His might. You don't have to do this on your own. The Amplified says it this way. Can we put the Amplified? In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from where? Him, that strength which is boundless, which is boundless might provides. How do you get that strength? Fellowshipping with Him. And that's what I was talking about. When you feel like you're beginning to go like this, what do you got to do? Spend time with Him. Get that strength built back up again. So you quit that wavering because you don't have to stand strong. It's in him that you're able to stand strong. We're going to teeter totter, we're going to fall, but we don't have to stand strong. He will make us stand strong. He will make us stand tall. All we got to do is just go plug into him. You got a computer? What do you got to do when the battery runs down? Huh? You got to recharge it. All right. The Living Bible says this. That's still the ampy. The living, I think. Ephesians six ten. Okay. Last of all, I want to remind you that your strength must must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. It must come from him. You can't stand alone. You're unable to stand alone against the devil. We're not strong enough to stand alone against the devil. We have to have his power standing in us to make us strong. I know I'm not that big and brawny and strong, but I don't have to be i got somebody on the inside of me that makes me strong and makes me able to stand even when it seems like everything in the whole wide world and there's some big waves out there on the sea. This one's crashing from this way and this one's crashing from this way and this one's coming from this way. This one's coming from the back. Do you know what? I don't have to be strong. i got somebody on the inside of me that will just lift me up and hold me up and lift this hand and lift this foot and pick my head up. And it doesn't matter if everybody around me is against me. He's in me. And he'll lift me up and he'll make me stand. Because he is in me. And he will make me stand. He'll make me strong. He'll make my faith strong. He will encourage me. He will empower me. I don't have to do it for me. He will do it for me. But if we think we can do it for ourselves and we think we can stand on our own faith and we think we can believe for something without hooking into him, we're going down. Mm-hmm. And it ain't going to take much. We're going to crumble like a sand dune on the shore. Just get washed away. Because the devil will defeat us. Because it's only in him that we can stand. Look at, look at this verse. Psalms 91, verse 14 in the Amplified. Because he has set his love on me, therefore, what does this next word say? I will will set him on high because he knows and understands my name and has a personal knowledge of my mercy and my love and my kindness and trust and relies on me, knowing... I will never forsake him. No, never. He shall call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Nowhere in there does it say you are able to do these things for yourself. Nowhere in there does it say I can deliver myself out of this trouble. It says He will deliver us if we will look to Him. He will give us a way of escape. He will help us out of the mess we got ourselves into. But we have to look to Him because He will help us. He'll put us in the right path. He'll show us the way to go. And He'll get us out of whatever trouble that we got into. He doesn't care how we got there. All He wants us to do is look to Him and get in faith and He'll get us out of it. He won't even ask us how we got there. He don't care how we got there. He already knows how we got there. All he wants us to do is look to him and ask him. That's what was going on with Job. All he wanted him to do was say, hey, remember? God, you can fix this. You made the heavens. You made the earth. Put my hand over my mouth for saying you couldn't fix it. Right? right, right. You can fix anything, God. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. I want to, uh, the King James. I want y'all to get this in your heart before we leave here tonight. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God which gives us the victory. Now read the last part of that. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him. We do get the victory, but it's through him. It's not through something that we do. It's through Him. So guess what? We should be looking to Him. If it's through Him, we ought to at least look to Him. Right? The Amplified says it, Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory, makes us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58 on that says this. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted nor to no purpose. So, whatever you've been standing for, it's not wasted time. It's not wasted effort if you trust in Him. 1 Corinthians 15 58 in the Living Bible. Just the first part of that, we've already read the other. Since victory is sure, be strong and be steady and always abounding in the Lord's work. But Romans 8 37 in the Living Bible. Get this. Get this. Understand it. Romans 8:37 in the Living Bible. Uh that 37. Uh. Anyway, I think it's right. But despite all this, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us enough to die for us. Overwhelming victory. Say it with me. Overwhelming victory. Say it again. Overwhelming victory. Say it again. Overwhelming victory. Say it again. again. Overwhelming victory is mine. Overwhelming victory is mine. Why? Through Christ who loved me enough to die for me. Let's say it like that. Overwhelming victory is mine because of Christ who loved me enough to die for me. Overwhelming victory is mine because of Christ, who loved me enough to die for me. Because of Christ. Because of Christ. It's because of Him that we have victory. So if it's because of Him, we should at least look to Him for the answer. Right? Right? He's going to give us our strength. He's going to give us our answer. He's going to give us our stability. He's going to give us our faith. He's going to give us everything that we need to stand and be strong. So guess what? That should be the first place we look, not the last place we look. Can you say amen? Amen. And I think you'll know that if you'll do that... Everything in your life is going to make you want to stop looking at Tom and start looking at Gary, right? That's a joke. Stand to your feet with me. Tom's a good guy. Yes, amen. But you know what, guys, for real, we cannot do anything without looking to the Lord, You can't look to other people and expect them to have your answers. It doesn't matter how spiritual that person is. It doesn't matter how much word they have or how many years they've been in the ministry. It doesn't matter their time with the Lord. Unless God gives them something for you, you've got to go to the Lord and you've got to say, Lord, I'm believing for this. Where's my scriptures for this? Now, I know, and I'm just going to say this so that everybody understands. This week, I was dealing with a situation. So I want to clarify something so that you understand it. I was dealing with a situation here at the church. And I mean, I dealt with it for hours. And somebody came in and they said, we're supposed to sing. And we're supposed to be on the platform. And we're supposed to do this. We're supposed to do that. And God said, that's what we're supposed to do. And I can hear from God. And I said, I know that you can. And that's my call. And you're all the time saying that we're supposed to hear from God for ourselves. And I said, yes, I am. But where this church is concerned, we're supposed to hear from God. And whatever goes on in this church, we have to hear from God. And if God don't say you're supposed to sing in here, then we got to hear from God too. Amen. You know, and so, uh, and all I said was, you know, we got, we don't know you, you know, give us a chance to get to know you a little bit, get some things to happen, you know, and so we want everybody to serve, but we have to, just like what I said earlier, we too have to hear from God, you know, and we are accountable to God, and we're not going to move too quickly on anything until we hear from God, and as soon as we hear from God, I don't like backtracking, do you? I don't like cleaning up messes, do you? And the less messes you have to clean up, the more forward you can go than always spending on time cleaning up messes. Does that make sense? So let's make it a point to just spend time. And you know what? The more time you spend with God, the easier it is on me. So I'm cheating tonight. The more time you spend with God, the more glorious everybody's going to be and more fun everybody's going to be to be around and the more answers are going to be. It's going to be great. Glory to God. You're going to be so full of joy and victory and all your answers and all your needs met and everything's going to be happening for everybody. Everybody's just going to be singing and dancing and floating around with smiles on their faces. It's going to be the most grand place in the whole wide world. But do you know how to be in faith instead of be defeated? You gotta have the word for it. You gotta hear from God. You gotta have his word on it. You gotta have this word and this word on it in order to be able to stand without going down. Can you say amen? You guys got something you can sing?
1: Thanks be to God you wish me the victory.